Welcome to season six of Coffee Pods, a coffee break length look into the Christian healing ministry. Do you want to talk about that time when something happened that you did not understand, or when you were told how to deal with sickness in a way that didn't make sense to you? Over the next four weeks, we'll be having helpful conversations about that time when our healing journeys have been challenged by suffering, silence, sickness and sin. So whether you're an Americano, a cappuccino or a latte, pick up your coffee mug, plug in your earbuds and let's talk. It's great to be back with you guys uh, today or whenever you're listening. Um, great to be with you, Wes, as well. Thank you. And today we're going to be talking about that time when you're not certain, you're not sure whether somebody really wants to be healed. And this arises from a question that was sent in to us by one of our listeners, which um, to sort of summarize it was questioning, what do you do when somebody uh, may come up for prayer or come to you for prayer? And it may seem as though actually um, the ailment or the illness or whatever it is that they're dealing with at that time is, is really become part of their identity. Um, and they may not actually want healing from it. So it seems like a bit of an odd question because you would assume that people do want to be well. And in fact, last week in our podcast, where we we're looking at sin and consequences, Wes, you referred to a story, didn't you, where Jesus asks that very question um, in John 5, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Uh, yeah, Lisa, it, it is quite an interesting question because, as you say, you'd assume that everybody would want to uh, to be well and take every opportunity to to do that. Um, interesting in this story, uh, it, the guy's been there for thirty eight years, and so in in the healing process, as as people uh, approach it, um, some issues come up. One is time, so. 38 years. Uh, and, you know, in a way, people can get to the place where they say, I'm not actually expecting life to be any different. Mm. And, and so they get locked into that. Um, identity can be one of the issues. Um, you know, the way that I am, this is how people know me. In fact, you can either have that or this is how I know myself. I yeah. identify as this person who is always like uh, this. Um, familiarity um I'm, I'm comfortable with the way this is in even though it, it might be painful um yeah. it's it's easier than face change um and uncertainty about a future um if i did get healed what would life be like i mean you know mm. what, what would happen to me um sympathy um i need to have you here giving me uh, sympathy. Um, otherwise, I'd be alone and, and, and people yeah. think in that way. Or um, the, the other one is, is control. Um, my um, sickness gives me power over you because you cannot leave me like this. So mm. this is how I ensure that you stay with me because, um, you know, you couldn't bear to leave me like this, obviously. So I'm going to remain like this. So, yeah, yeah. different reasons. Absolutely. It's it's quite complex, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but in your experience, um, can people get locked into this way of living, do you think? Like, why does it happen and, and how does it happen? Because it sounds like quite a victim mentality 
but it does feel like it can be quite manip- manipulative at the same time. Uh, yeah, I think I think absolutely you are right. Um, it, it it's very difficult, particularly if you're in the healing ministry and you're wanting to pray for people, and they come to you in that role of victim. Um, mm. And and sometimes it's 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 very hard. Um, and understandably so for the person as well as for the for you as the person praying because sometimes they come with that sense of um i deserve to have what's happened to me happen to me um you know and so they they feel bad about themselves uh they feel bad about perhaps guilt or shame or other stuff and so in a sense they don't feel that they they're worthy enough for have uh, for having Jesus get involved in their yeah. in their lives, um, and so the victim thing is, you know, um, this is, you know, I deserve this, um, and of course, the the opposite of that is a revelation of the grace and forgiveness that Jesus brings, and, and I guess part of that obviously can be some of the psychosomatic things, the the where our inner life emotion and, and mind get expressed in some way in a physical thing. So there's yeah. a little bit of play into that. And we've talked about that in uh, a previous um, podcasts. Um, but there is also the victim mentality where people can use it, as we talked about in a moment ago, about the control issue, where you will keep on helping me because this is what you deserve. So the first one is actually, I deserve this, but actually the other is I'm going to make you suffer because you deserve Mm. to to indulge me and, and, and hold me in this place. Um, And and I think, so they sound quite hard when you talk about it like that, (laughs) but, but I have come across that. Um, I think the one that's in a sense more understandable is when people feel I'm helpless you know, yeah. I, I genuinely have an excuse, and I, I do, um, I, I can identify with that in a sense much easier because um, sickness does make us helpless. It can make us helpless. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and in fact, in this story that you quoted, the John five story, um, when Jesus says to the guy, I mean, it's it's amazing. He's got Jesus in front of him because you think this would be simple, um, <laughs> and and but Jesus answering the question, "Do you want to get well?" I mean, to which all of us go, "Yeah, yeah, 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 please, yeah, right, yeah. right, right now." And he immediately says to Jesus, "Yeah, but," yeah. and then he gives them a whole list of reasons why he's the way he is. You know, yeah. I've got nobody to help me. Um, where, and it's the story of, of this, um, the legend of the, of the pool and the angel stirring the waters and whoever gets in first um, mm. gets healed, which seems to me a bit like a quirky way of looking at God thinking, <laughs> well, he's only going to do one. So you're going to yeah. do it. Um, and, but I've met people like that who'll say, you know, for instance, there are people more needy than I am. And that's true. There's always people yeah. more needy than us. But actually, that doesn't mean that God says, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to start at the top of the list. And if I run out before I get to the bottom of the list, mm. tough on you. But he says to, to Jesus, nobody helps me. I'm alone. Um, and that's part of the context of the story, which is maybe another podcast. Um, but then he says, you know, I'd lose the opportunity because somebody gets in before me. And, and yeah. so this victim thing can be quite, quite difficult, you know, for people. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, C.S. Lewis tells a great story in, in a book called The Great Divorce. And he talks about a man who um, has got a uh, in this a mythical land. He's got a lizard 
sitting on his shoulder, you know, talking in his ear. And there's this great angel with a huge sword. He comes up to the guy and he says, um, and, and this uh, lizard is called Lust. And, and yeah. so um, he comes up to the guy, this angel, and he says, um, he, he draws his sword and he says, I, I could take that off if you like. And the man looks at him and says, mm, no, I've, I've become comfortable with yeah. it being here. So that's quite a, a bit of a thing. So victim is, is one of the, the things that can happen. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm, mm. I, suppose, I suppose the other thing is, is uh, you call it the martyr syndrome. You know, this is my cross to bear. I'm mm, being like yeah. Jesus. You know, I, I bet you've met people like that, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and in my humble opinion, this, I, you know, suffering as my cross to bear is, is, a, is a bit of a misreflection of who God is, but in, 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 in my opinion. Um, and it can be a way that people also elicit sympathy and control over others, um, often arises from a sense of insecurity about the person's own sense of worth or value or significance. Um, and the martyr things, I make you pay attention by letting you know how much I suffer or how much I'm doing or how much burden I yeah. uh, carry. I, bet, I mean, you, you meet people like that, don't you? They, yeah, you do. They, they tell you, you know, how hard their life is. And, and actually, you know you can't do anything about it, but they just mm, want to be, yeah to feel sympathy uh, for them. Um, and in fact, one of the great healing ministries of the past said this, um, you can either have healing or you can have sympathy, but you cannot have both. Oh, wow. Um, isn't that interesting? Because yeah. I, I, I've known that people using sympathy, it can rob us uh, of power in our praying. Mm. Yeah, that's very um, enlightening, actually. Um, uh, it's funny, you you know, talking about this, um, guilty pleasure. Um, last night we were watching The Extreme Hoarders. Yeah. <laughs> and so much of this that you're just mentioning now, actually I could see in those people who um, are, are really struggling um, with this mental health issue of yeah. hoarding. But a lot of it is very psychological. It goes very deep. You know, a lot of them, it was to do with relationships and people leaving them and their yeah. things can't leave them. And at the point where they were receiving help, they were actually resisting the help, um, yeah. even though they were saying they wanted it. So I think yeah. there's a big psychological barrier in a lot of this as well. Oh, uh, huge. In fact, Mary and I, we've got a saying in our family, in our wider family about mm getting rid of clutter um you know a birthday card from somebody and, yeah. and when you come to get rid of them you say it's not the person yes you know but for people who are in that hoarding mentality that place mm. of trying to find security and hold on it's very difficult uh, absolutely yeah 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 and so in the story of Bartimaeus um Jesus starts asking quite a similar question he says what do you want me to do for you mm. um is that the same thing he asks the man in the previous story? Uh, that's a great question. And actually, one of the things you brought out is as we read the Bible, particularly the Gospels, it invites us to compare stories that have yeah. similar things. What's happening? What's 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 going on with this? Um, and actually, as we do read the Bible, uh, we are often taking clues from the context. So, for instance, the Gospel, um, they record the 33 years of Jesus' life and ministry. But of course, in those however many 
chapters it is, 28 in Matthew, 16 or whatever it is in Mark and so on, it doesn't record every single second. Mm. So, you know, it, it doesn't say, and Jesus got up and then he walked to the bathroom and brushed his teeth. You know, th that none of that's there. So we're taking contextual clues. Yeah. And so we're stepping into stories and, and the journeys of people. And sometimes as we read it, we're gauging the context, the tone, the responses, how things are said and how they're played out without adding or taking anything away from the text. We're just saying, okay, what is this? So what is happening to Bartimaeus? What do you want me to do for you? Could have turned out exactly the same way. Jesus, I haven't got anybody to help me. I haven't got any this, mm. I haven't got that, whatever. But actually in this story, Jesus is building um, Bartimaeus's faith. Because if you think about it, he's he's cried out to Jesus. And in this story, he's used the phrase, he's told it's Jesus of Nazareth and he cries out, Jesus, son of David. So something's mm. going on inside the yeah. guy. There's a clue right now. Um, and actually, I think what's happening is Jesus is building his faith and expectation. He's saying, okay, Bartimaeus, you've got here. What do you want? I'll do whatever it is you want. Just ask me. And, and that's how the context unfolds as you hear that piece of the story. Mm. Um, and actually, this faith element is a really important element of receiving anything from God. Um, uh, Hebrews talks about that God is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. And, yeah. and, and that's what's happening here. Of course, the other thing is that Jesus is preparing Bartimaeus for his future. Mm. Because of all the people, and, and even just take blind people, that Jesus heals in the Gospels. Um, uh, it's really interesting. Jesus, um, to some others, other, other people that he heals, he'll say, look, go home and tell what God has done for you. Um, for others, nothing will happen. They'll just walk off. Yeah. Uh, Bartimaeus is one of the few, and the gospel writers specifically record it, and it says, and he followed Jesus. So I think um, Jesus is not questioning Bartimaeus's desire, what he wants. I think he's releasing faith. Mm -hmm. And I think, because he says, Lord, I want to see. And, and I, I want to talk to Bartimaeus and say, Bartimaeus, what <laughs> did you expect to see? Because actually, what's the first thing he's going to see when his eyes are opened? He's going to see the face of God. Wow. Yeah. I mean, because if you're blind, you turn to the voice that is speaking to you. Yeah. Okay. So immediately his eyes are open. What does he see? Well, he sees the face of Jesus. He's the face of God. So I think in this story, this is not a, a bit like, it's not like the John 5 story. This is Jesus um, stimulating his faith and setting his course for uh, the future. It's an amazing story. Yeah. I can kind of see some similarities. Um they may be vague, but with the story that we were looking at last week um, at Live at 11 with the lady who was bleeding for 12 years, um, yeah. it felt as though she asked without words, um, you know, reaching out for his pressure, that sort of thing. And again, yeah. that was faith, wasn't it, that she was showing in him? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So let's look about when people are in front of us when, when we are praying for others. Um, sometimes we don't know what we're praying for, do we? It seems there's not a one, <laughs> one suit fits all kind of situation yeah, yeah. here. So um, when we do pray, how do you work out? Like, what are you doing? Where, where are you going to go next with that? <laughs> oh, wow. Do you know, I'd love to write the book about this because this, I mean, <laughs> I've got to work it out first. Um, the, the couple of things. The first thing is sometimes it's just 
as simple as asking the person. Yes. Yeah. What can we pray for? You know, start there. There's there's your starting point. Um, the second issue is, I think, about the 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 Holy Spirit gift of the discerning of spirits. You know, when when you you're not clear, when it's not clear what's happening to you, or when uh, you've prayed and nothing appears to be changing, either in the moment or you know after a number of prayer things, um, things seem to be resistant to it. Then I think the the gift of the discerning of spirits helps you to know. You know, what's human activity? What's heavenly activity? What's activity from hell? You know, what's being opposed? Mm-hmm. Um, it helps you work out what's physical, what's um, mental, what's spiritual. You know, what's the root cause of some of this uh, thing? And so I think um, my experience is that most people um, are not willful in resisting it. They are damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say to people, proceed with grace and not force you know, and, and just it's, a, you know, the gentle touch uh, of God um, where people are being manipulative. Um, and, you know, un- until that sort of manipulation thing, either victim or, or martyr ends, you're not going to be able to help them. I mean, no. you, you literally cannot because they don't want help. Um, and, and they often use the situation to keep themselves locked in and, and you locked in to them uh, uh, as well and so actually do you think, the, sorry can i jump in yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think um, there's ever a place for us to say as the people praying that um we feel that this is actually a bit manipulative to that person do you think you can ever confront them oh wow um <laughs> yeah i think you can i think again if you know them if you if you if mm. you're in you know you're, you you'll know how to do that yeah but actually i've said act you know you can say to people actually to be honest, this is not helpful for you and it's not helpful for me because, and, and I'd probably put it this way, because I feel manipulated yes. by this rather yeah. than you're manipulating me. I say, That's I'm, right. I'm feeling manipulated um, in it. But, oh, yeah, yeah, I, you, you could and you should. In mm. fact, I'd say it's best to be gracious and honest and say, look, I really can't help you at the moment. Yeah. Um, shall I tell you what my experience is? Most people move on pretty quickly from you and find somebody else <laughs> yeah they'll probably you're tell, right they'll tell you tell the other person how bad you were but hey that's what happens <laughs> <laughs> so you have had this happen to you then you'd say oh yes you know you've you've spent time with people and whatever and then they say you know um you realize that they don't want to change um mm. they, whether it's body mind or spirit or relationships or whatever they don't want to change they just want to have you as part of the pity me care for me indulge me love me moment mm-hmm. um and actually i have said to people actually I, i'm really not sure that i we can help you right now but we will we'll pray but yeah probably this is not the help most helpful way yeah thank you gosh you could talk about this for hours couldn't you huge, huge. <laughs> stories sort of, and stories yeah it all sort of links together everything that we talk about um but why don't we let's pray now um for those who are, are with us yeah Heavenly Father, I'm just so grateful that you don't criticise us or condemn us, that you're not sarcastic or manipulative, but that you are open-faced with us in the face of Christ. And so, Father, I just pray today for all those who are praying for others, for whom this has been their experience. And Father, I ask that you would show them the open face of Jesus in front of them, even now. 
that they may see his grace towards them and his approval of their heart and their desire to bless. And that, Lord, you would cleanse us, renew us, refresh us in all of this. And Father, I pray for those for whom, listening to this, this has been a little light bulb moment. And Father, I ask that out of the wonderful grace of the Spirit, you would pour upon them just such enlightenment, such revelation that they are loved by you and that you are willing to help them and send the right help to them as they open their hearts to you. Lord, we ask for healing, body, mind, and spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So if you do have any questions of your own um, around uh, Christian healing, anything that you'd like to go further into that we've been chatting about, please feel free to send them through to our info at acornchristian.org email address and we will try to respond to them in our future podcasts and next week we're going to be talking about when you have seen people healed that should be a really exciting one one to get us um, in a positive mood so thanks for being with us and thanks Wes also um, for your input we'll catch you guys soon Thank you for listening to Coffee Pods. We hope that you have found today's episode helpful and inspiring. If you have a question of your own about Christian healing, send it to info at acornchristian.org and we'll respond. For more information about Acorn, our events and how to support our work, check out www.acornchristian.org. See you next time.